Hi, this is Noel Serrano with the Gala Lighthouse. Every year on Good Friday, Christians meditate on the depth of Jesus' sacrifice for us in suffering a humiliating, bloody death by crucifixion. It's a time to dwell on what Jesus suffered for us in all its pain and intensity without rushing straight ahead to the good news of Easter, resurrection and new life. The last seven words of Jesus on the cross. One of the ways Christians have traditionally meditated on Good Friday is by reading and reflecting on the seven last words of Jesus from the cross. Luke records the final words of Jesus before he died on the cross. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Luke 23:44. This passage is a moving account of Jesus' dying words. When everything was said and done, Jesus' work on the cross was all but complete. And his proclamation, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, finished the work. The significance of Jesus' statement lies in a conversation he had with the religious leaders about his role in God's great plan. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. No one took Jesus' life from him. God had given him a specific task. That task was to lay down his life on behalf of the world. Just as it was Jesus' God-given task, it was also Jesus' choice to lay down his life. When we read of Jesus before his crucifixion, the gravity of his choice becomes even more apparent. In Luke 22:39, Jesus spends an intense evening in prayer wrestling with the reality of task ahead of him. Going so far as to ask God to remove the task, to make another way, Jesus ultimately concludes that God's will must be done. Matthew 27:46 tells us that about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. By interceding for his transgressors through this prayer, 
Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy foretold by Isaiah hundreds of years prior. This prayer from upon the cross, particularly, would have been a confirmation of his identity to those awaiting their beloved Messiah, as described by the prophets of God. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus was blameless, without sin, and was not guilty of such a horrific death. But two men were guilty of their crimes hung next to him that fateful day. Both men spoke to Jesus, but only one would die to be greeted into the promise of heaven. The response of Jesus in this instance was profound to the criminal, as he promised this sinner that he too would enter the gates of heaven to live in paradise, not later, but that day. Dear woman, here is your son. Son, here is your mother. When Jesus recognized his mother standing near the cross with the Apostle John, he entrusted his mother's well-being to John's responsibility. Jesus established a new relationship between his mother and his beloved disciple. Jesus established a new relationship between his beloved mother and his beloved disciple. He said to her, Woman, behold your son, for whom from now on you must have a motherly affection. And to John, behold your mother, to whom you must pay a sonly duty. So from that hour, that hour never to be forgotten, that disciple took her to his own home. I am thirsty. Here Jesus was answering the Messianic prophecy from Psalm 69:21. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. We might equate thirsting with Christ's call to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Another possible connection would be to link this statement with Christ's invitation that all who are thirsty are invited to drink from the waters of life. These interpretive links are not necessarily wrong. It is out of this place of physical exhaustion that Jesus declares his thirst. The hours spent in the sun, coupled with his physical pain, would have created mild, if not severe, dehydration. Jesus speaks of his own thirst out of a natural human need for sustenance and relief. On the cross, Jesus is physically thirsty. It is finished. The work of his Father had sent him to do, which was to teach the gospel, perform miracles, and achieve reconciliation for his people, was fulfilled. The depth of his sin was paid. Jesus is saying, it is finished, that the debt owed by man to his Creator on account of Adam's sin is finally and forever dealt with. Jesus, with it is finished, is saying not only does he take away man's sin, 
but now he removes it as far as the east is to the west. For is finished, done, signed, sealed because of the blood of Jesus. When Jesus said, it is finished, he brought about the completion of all the Old Testament prophecies, symbols, and foreshadowing about himself. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus willingly gave his life because he was fully God and fully man. Jesus could have taken himself off the cross, remained alive, and exerted his divine authority. He chose not to do so. His divine nature means he intentionally had to choose to no longer hold onto his life. This statement is a direct quotation from that passage of scripture. In context it appears, for you are my rock and my fortress, and for your namesake you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Jesus faced the incredible task of laying down his life as a ransom for the world. This task was traumatic and overwhelming, but Jesus accepted it willingly. After hanging on the cross for three hours, Jesus finally gave up his own life. He was not helpless at the hands of those who crucified him. He alone had the authority to end his life. In Matthew 20:28, Jesus says, The Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom for many. The crucifixion was Jesus' plan. And it was his plan from before creation. He's the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. Revelation 13:8. But Jesus' death is still death. It is still an abomination. Though Jesus submitted, this doesn't mean everything was fine. The author of life was murdered by evil men. Acts 2.23 But Jesus yielded to the evil and injustice because he knew who was really in charge. The story doesn't end there. There is hope. We celebrate at Easter. But for now, let's take a moment to acknowledge the suffering sacrifice of our Savior. You can give thanks to Jesus for his steadfast love and faithfulness that led him to lay down his life for you as a ransom. Easter is the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus from the tomb on the third day after his crucifixion. Easter is the fulfilled prophecy of the Messiah who would be persecuted, die for our sins, and rise on the third day, Isaiah 53. Remembering the resurrection of Jesus is a way to renew daily hope that we have victory over sin. According to the New Testament, Easter is three days after the death of Jesus on the cross.
This is Noel Serrano with the Gala Lighthouse, and the following has been a presentation of the Gala Foundation.